Jonah. Chapter 4 and 11, 35-38. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them, and he did not do it. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. And he prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish, for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, Do you do well to be angry? Jonah 4, 11. And should not I pity Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left, and also much cattle? Matthew 9. And Jesus went throughout the cities and Because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. concluded was that he lacked heart. 
You know, the Lord called Jonah to go to the Assyrian city of Nineveh, but instead, what did Jonah do? Fled the other direction. That's right. And why did he flee? Well, Nineveh was a place known for their brutality and their evil. It was a terrorist state inflicting fear and violence upon other nations and upon And Jonah instead ran from those people. And what was the matter? It was a matter of the heart. Jonah's heart was not in it. Because the heart of the matter is always a matter of resisted the commandment of the Lord because his heart was not in it. And as we read in this account, Jonah ended up in a storm and then in the belly of a big fish and he ended up just inches away from death itself before he finally relented. And he said, okay, fine, I'll go to Nineveh. And the fish vomited Jonah onto the beach and gave him a second chance. The Lord gave him a second chance, a second call, go to Nineveh. And this time, while Jonah's feet might have carried him to Nineveh, and while his mouth might have proclaimed what the Lord wanted to proclaim, we find that his feet went, his mouth went, but his heart did not go. Jonah finally did the right thing, but his heart was not in it. And friends, the heart of the matter is always a matter of your heart. And as I've shared before with you, I am a master of doing the right thing with the wrong attitude. Maybe you are too. I mean, I am sadly way too practiced at frustrating my wife and making my family miserable because I might do what I know I should. But my bad attitude as I do it makes everyone know that, yeah, my feet are doing it, they're following, my mouth is saying it, but my heart is just not in it. And friends, that was Jonah's Because for the last few weeks, Jonah, it is is preaching to Nineveh, what happened? They actually repented. They turned from their evil. And so what did God do? He relented. He didn't bring the disaster and the destruction he had said he would. And so Jonah's response was not celebration, but aggravation. Jonah was angry at God. He to the city the message the Lord gave them. But Jonah's heart remained far from the city. And not only was Jonah's heart far from the city, but Jonah's heart the Lord looked upon the The Lord looked upon the people, and as it said in chapter 4, verse 11, And should I not pity Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 12, 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left? As we noted last week, the Lord's not saying, well, they're really stupid. They don't know the right hand from their left was right. And while that didn't excuse them morally, the Lord said, Jonah, can't you look on their plight and have compassion on them? Isn't your heart moved for them? You see, ultimately, the Lord's problem with Jonah was that while Jonah finally obeyed and went to the city, his heart remained far from that city and it remained far from God's own heart. Jonah preached He preached the city without ever loving the city. And friends, the heart of the matter, the heart of his problem, was a matter of his heart. And so it makes us ask, how are our hearts today? As we approach the people of our city with our feet and with our mouths, friends, how is your heart? 
another prophet who went city to city. He went to cities that were just as morally confused as Nineveh, to villages where wrong was celebrated as right, to people who called good evil and evil good. And as Hillary read, Jesus' feet brought him village to village. His mouth proclaimed the gospel of the kingdom. But as he went, how was his heart? Matthew 9.30 When Jesus saw the cross, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like a sheep without a shepherd. Friends, the difference between Jonah and Jesus was a matter of the heart. Something that Jesus did that Jonah clearly didn't do was in verse 36. In verse 36 it says, Jonah, no, Jesus, how about Jesus in verse 36? Jesus saw the crowd. He saw them. Friends, he saw the crowd. He saw them not just as those people. He saw them as people. People, yes, with sin, but also people with stories, people with many dimensions, people with complex motivations, people harassed and helpless, people without a shepherd to guide them and protect them. And as such, Jesus' heart was moved with compassion. Jonah? Trumpers, those Democrats, those Republicans, those abortion supporters, haters, those unmasked arrogant. those self-righteous heterosexuals. You know, it's easy to condemn those people, isn't it? It's easy to write them off and to harden our hearts against them. It's easy when we don't see them as individual people, but just as those people. But it's harder. It's harder to have compassion on those people than a person. Those people are just one-dimensional. Those people are all like this. Those people are all like that. Those people, they're just plain evil, and they deserve what's coming to them. But Jesus slowed down to learn their names, to hear their stories, to understand their motivations, to see that they're not just a monolithic group of complex individuals. It's always harder for us to have a heart of compassion on those people, but Jesus didn't just see them as those people. He saw people, individuals, people in need, and he had compassion. And church, the question for us is, will we do the same? Now, that's not to say that in seeing people and in hearing their stories and understanding all their motivations, we should come to condone all of their behaviors or change our positions or start compromising biblical truth. However, can we learn to have compassion the way that Jesus had compassion? Can we learn to see what the Lord was trying to show Jonah and what Jesus clearly saw? Persons who don't know their right hand from their left. Persons harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Church, what if we put our hearts in it? This week I was reading an article from the Gospel Coalition titled, if you're fighting the culture war, 
but he warns against embracing a culture-battling paradigm lest we adopt an all-is-fair-in-love-in-war response. And the author says, yes, the church should oppose and even confront the evils being spread in our society. It's not a question of whether or not we should engage. It's a question of how you and I are going to engage. Church, how should we engage a world that doesn't know its left from its right? A world harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Are we seeking to destroy or to rescue our opponents? When we correct or oppose or reprove, is it with the goal of winning the conversation or winning our neighbor? Do we confront others in the right spirit? We are not at war with our ideological opponents. We are at war for them. We are not at war with them. We are at war for them. Jonah's feet might have gone, his mouth might have preached, but it's to destroy, not to rescue opponents. His is at war with his opponents, not at war for them. His heart lacked compassion. But Jesus, Jesus looked upon the crowd. He didn't just see those people. His heart was filled with compassion for those to whom he preached. Jesus might have even issued some of the same warnings that Jonah warned. He might have even spoken some of the same truths that Jonah spoke. But his goal was not just to win the conversation. His goal was to win his neighbor. His heart was in it. And church, are our hearts in it? As we sing in the song, O Church, Arise, our call to war is to love the captive soul, but to rage against the captor. Compassion helpless like not against for them. We see them not just as those people, but we compassionately come alongside so that we can see them as people, real, broken, complex people in need of a savior. And it's not a question of if our feet will go church and if our mouths will proclaim church the question is will our hearts be in it? Will our hearts be in it for them or against them? Because the heart of the matter is always a matter of our hearts. Some of you might remember that about a year ago when I returned after my sabbatical, I preached a sermon on Jesus' prayer in this very section that we just read today. Verses 37 and 38. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And church, I felt like today, this Sunday, as we pivot into the fall, was a good time to ask, are we still praying this prayer? Are you still praying, Lord of the harvest, send out laborers into your harvest? Don't just send feet. Don't just send mouths. Let our hearts be in it, Lord. Let our hearts be for them and not against them. Send us forth not to win the argument, but to win our neighbors. And as we begin to emerge from our coronavirus lockdown, as we begin to emerge from our self-protective cocoons, as we begin to emerge from our self-centered, as we begin to emerge from our self-focused concerns, church, we need this prayer more than ever. Prayer to the Lord of the harvest. Prayer that he will send forth harvesters. Prayer that God will send us. And notice it's not a prayer that they will come to our socially distanced worship gatherings. In a post-coronavirus world, there is less chance than ever that they are going to come to us. 
So we need to do something radical. Listen to what Jesus says. Go. Go to the harvest. Go to them. Go to them, to your families, your next door neighbor, to your coworker, to the store clerk, to the woman at the gym, to the guy whose political position angers you, to the woman whose lifestyle dishonors God. Those you find disagreeable and you disdain, pray and go. This is a prayer that we might see not just those people, but people. Persons who do not know their right hand from their left. Persons who are harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. It's a prayer that our hearts, church, might be in it and that we might be filled with the same compassion that filled Jesus Christ. Lord of the harvest, send out your laborers. Send us out into this harvest. And notice Jesus' prayer doesn't call for culture warriors. It calls for compassionate workers. It doesn't say send out culture warriors. Send out compassionate workers into the harvest. Yes, the church should oppose and even confront the evils in our society. It's a question of how and for what purpose we engage. We were never called to win a culture war, but we are called to win our enemies for Jesus Christ. Not to battle against them, but church to battle for them. This was Jonah's problem. He was more concerned with winning the culture war than winning his enemy over to the Lord. Church, the prayer of Jesus is a prayer for the Lord to change us. Give us your heart. Send us as your laborers into your harvest. May we see our enemies not just as those people, but as people people in need of compassion and the gospel of Jesus Christ. So friends, coming into this fall, as we ever so do this prayer, Lord of the harvest, send out your laborers into the harvest to pray that God will give us the eyes of Christ to see others, the feet of Christ to go to others, the mouth of Christ to speak the gospel to others, and the heart of Jesus to be filled with Church, will we commit ourselves to prayer and to action this fall? Lord of the harvest, send out your laborers into the harvest. And let's pray. Change our hearts, Lord. Give us a heart not like Jonah. Honestly, that's too often where our hearts default to. We'd rather win the conversation and win our neighbors to Christ. We go out as culture warriors more often than we go out as compassionate workers. We go out, but we're not always laborers. So Lord, change our hearts. Break our hearts. And as we go, may we go not just with feet, not just with mouths, but may our hearts be in it. Hearts filled with compassion and passion that this world might know that Christ might be glorified. Lord, we give ourselves now Lord of the harvest